Whatever happens now, you do not interfere. Clear? I've been running. Faster than I've ever run. And I've been running my whole life. Now it's time for me to stop. We've been recruited. Something to do with space, 1969. And a man called Canton Everett, Delaware, the third. Every day, whoever I am, I get a phone call. People can't just call you, Mr. President. Every day for the last two weeks. I'm scared, Mr. President. I'm scared of space now. What the hell is that? It's non-terrestrial, definitely alien. I'm sending my best people. The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and we are back to review The Impossible Astronaut. Well, who are we? Again, I am Kyle Jones, and I am joined by the two greatest co-hosts in all the world, and I just want to say, gentlemen, how goes the day? And I will start with Clarence Brown. Mr. Brown, how goes the day? Oh, man, greatest. Uh, wow. Uh, I don't know how to accept that. <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Uh, glad to be here, as always, to discuss this episode of Doctor Who. So, yeah, I'm doing good, man. Awesome. Awesome. Mr. Lee Shackelford, how goes the day? Very well, indeed. Very well. And hope you are the same. I am the same. I am glad to be back discussing who with the two of you. I know we took off last week and we are back ready to jump into the 2011 series of Doctor Who. So, gentlemen, I don't have any news, but I'm curious if the two of you do. Any news that you guys know of? Yeah, I have no no Doctor Who news, that's for sure. Mr. Brown, what about you? Nothing for me, sir. All right. So, since we don't have any news, I think it would be just appropriate for me to say, if you have not seen The Impossible Astronaut, put us on pause, go out, Watch the episode. Come back because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out and we are back to review The Impossible Astronaut. This is the first episode of the 2011 series of Doctor Who. First airing on the 23rd of April, 2011. It starred Alex Kingston as Dr. River Song and co-starred Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor, Karen Gillan as Amy Pond, and Arthur Darville as Rory William. I will also mention that due to her passing a mere four days before the initial broadcast, this episode was dedicated in memory to Elizabeth Sladen. So, summary view... Clarence Brown, I'm going to start with you. Summary view. What did you think of this episode? Really enjoyed it. I think it sets up an excellent mystery, which I, if I'm remembering correctly, may carry on the rest of the season. So, yeah, I really uh, enjoyed that setup and a lot of fun things in this episode. We, we, we got to see America, or at least their interpretation of America. I don't know if it was really shot in America. <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah. And, you know, 
I think at least two times in the in this episode, I think they broke their own rules. So would they was they just previously established and you know, or iterated in, in a few episodes back. So I'm sure we'll get into all that. But overall I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Awesome. So as everybody can tell, I'm like so psyched up about this. I've got my coffee. I'm just so excited because I get to now say, Lee Shackelford, some review. What say you? <laughs> don't, I don't get that either, but yeah, it's, it's wonderful. It's a, it is a delightful, um, uh, start to a two-parter and, uh, what a cliffhanger. It's, uh, it gets to take us all over the place and, uh, have some fun with, um, um, being in the Oval Office. Uh, it's just, um, it is, it's just a, a, a wonderful romp and some, some wonderful witty dialogue, which I always appreciate. So, but yeah, watching it this time, I was struck by the fact that we've been talking about what in the world the rules of time travel are on this show. <laughs> and I'm with Clarence. I, they are clearly whatever we need them to. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get into it. <laughs> I'm trying to debate here. Did I like this episode? Uh, yes. A hundred million billion percent. This gets into the ultimate quotable series of Doctor Who. <laughs> and I am for it. I'm here for it. I'm there for it. I'm wibbly wobbly back and forth for it. Oh, yeah, this is like, oh, so much fun. So much fun. And I know we're going to get into it. But yeah, I loved this episode. So opening scene, and I want to start this time, Lee, with you. Opening scene. What did you take of this opening scene? And what I mean by the opening scene is the historical pieces we see and the doctor trying to get Rory and Amy's attention and all the things he was doing. What did you think about that? <laughs> oh, what fun. Um, yeah, <laughs> that would be, uh, that would be, uh, King Charles, who's, uh, looking for the doctor <laughs> who is being painted as Neptune in the nude. Yeah. And he's hiding under the the painter's hoop skirt just um yeah it, it, that's that's just quite a quite a gimmick in itself and then and then we we leave there and pick up on uh, uh Amy and Rory who are reading a history book and uh, they talk about him getting away in a balloon <laughs> and apparently he's part of the great escape except that he takes them right into the commandant's office so that's a bad thing um but uh, but the thing that really I, I had forgotten about this thing where where Rory is watching a Laurel and Hardy film <laughs> and he looks away at the moment where the doctor appears in it <laughs> and yeah. waves at the camera and then he looks back. So we saw it, but Rory didn't. Um, and that's when the the invitations arrive. So uh, just terrific. Just terrific. So, yeah, I really enjoyed the the historicity of this and 1969 july 20 1969 i have celebrated since 1969 as my birthday uh so it's it's not my birthday but um you know everybody who grew up with me understood that that's how interested i was in the space race and how crazy i was about landing on the moon so if we're going to go to referencing another science fiction tv series space 1969 uh i'm all for it all right Clarence, what say you? I don't know, man. At first, I thought to myself, uh, Stephen Moffat must really love naked Matt Smith. <laughs> like, <laughs> apparently so. Yeah. Wait, again? So soon? Okay. Uh, yeah, it, was, it was fun, though. Um, I, I definitely love the fact that he was 
sending them these messages through history and eventually through the television. I thought all of that was fun. I found myself trying to figure out if that was the young, I won't get into it, but was it the younger version or the older version? I kind of came to the conclusion that it was the younger version that was reaching out because it had been so recent uh, from from him being with the two of them. So, uh, yeah, all of that was good fun. Good fun. All right. So let's go a little bit further. You know, they get the message and they jump on a plane. I am very much assuming because I'm sure they wouldn't want to be on a boat and take much longer to get there. But they, I'm sure, get on a plane, get and for some reason, get on a school bus to get into (laughs) Utah. (laughs) Which obviously, just as a side note, was indeed filmed on location in utah so ah cool there aren't that many places you can go to get the uh that look like utah really you know that's pretty cool yeah and the place and, and clarence you will appreciate this the place that it is or or that was the location for that there was a gentleman that you and i used to work with years ago by the name of stan who had visited utah quite often and i asked him one time like i said many years ago did he or was he familiar with this area and he was but i never got him to get a picture i wanted him to get a picture of that area if he ever went by it but you know we didn't work <laughs> any together anymore so I don't know if he ever did, but uh, that was cool to know that somebody did know where this was being shot. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I love the whole America thing. And you answered one of my questions I had written down. Were they actually in America? So that's 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 really cool to know that they were on location. Uh, another thing I got from that intro there is they mentioned TARDIS blue. So I know the TARDIS has been different shades of blue throughout history, but apparently they've uh, pretty much know that this this TARDIS blue that's on these envelopes. And of course, it, it was mentioned um, very dramatically in, in uh, the previous the Big Bang uh, at, at Amy and Rory's wedding. So, yeah, I, that was a little weird, but, you know, I thought it was all interesting. And, you know, getting back to what you brought up, America, <laughs> I thought the whole uh, being in America felt refreshing. Uh, a little off at some points because the doctor makes some references I feel like aren't very American references, but, but we'll, we'll get into that just a little bit later. All right. So Lee, what was your thoughts of getting to America? Oh, it was, it was great fun. And I remember back in 2011 that, uh, there was, uh, a, a lot of social media was talking about the fact that they really were going to come to America and shoot these things. There's really no such place as Lake Silencio for heaven's sake, but, um, it is, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. there are, there are a good number of southeastern Utah, so it still makes sense. Clarence, you had mentioned TARDIS Blue. If you do a Google search for TARDIS Blue, you can find several versions of the Pantone color of TARDIS Blue, which one is 2955C. So FYI for anyone who would like to know what TARDIS Blue is building a, a website. <laughs> yeah, indeed. But considering blue, I, I want to talk about the arrival that was someone dressed in blue jeans and had a um, gun who just happened to shoot off the doctor's new Stetson hat. River Song arrives. So let me just say I was happy about that, obviously. So River arrives. They go and they go on this picnic. But let's go first to the diner. What did you guys think of the diner 
that they went to. Any thoughts? And Clarence, I really want to point this one to you. <laughs> Any thoughts about the diner? Yeah, I had the question, is this the same diner we'll see in the future episode with another doctor and another companion? I figured it was, but um, I wanted to get confirmation from you guys. Indeed. Yes. Uh, You're 100% awesome. correct. Yep. The feels. <laughs> yep. Hence me God, saying I, I'm pointing it in your direction. Okay, yeah. <laughs> because I had wondered if, because it's a set that would be easy enough to build, but it is. It's near the Millennium Center in Cardiff, so... Is it a set or an actual place? It's a set. Yeah. It's, oh, it, wow. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's in Cardiff. Yeah. Yep. And had I known this when I was there, I could have gone there. I'm learning that now. Anyway. Mm. And at one point in the future, he will once again refer to this episode of being there with Amy and Ward. So that's awesome, which is awesome, awesome, awesome. But yeah, we see them compare notes and they've got these envelopes. One has number three, one has number two. And then, of course, we're waiting to find out who has number one and who has number four. So we go on a picnic and we get to the picnic and we see the first sight of what we now know to be the silent question. And Lee, I'm going to point this one to you first. This is the first time we see these creatures. We didn't know they were the silence or the silent at that time. But what did you think of the visual of seeing this new alien? Any thoughts? I, I'm still where I was in 2011. I'm still kind of, eh? I, I'm, they're intriguing and I love the convention that you forget them as soon as you take your eyes off of them. That, that's yeah. fascinating. Um, you could argue it's sort of a yet another variation of the weeping angels thing, kind of. Yeah. But, um, but still, that's, that's really, that's really a great idea. Uh, I guess I would, I am still waiting for an explanation of why they're wearing 1960s business suits. They're not trying to blend <laughs> in with anybody. You know, it's just sort of a, you know, I think, I think honestly that it's a men in black joke. Hmm. But I, if so, it's, eh, I'm still waiting for somebody to laugh too. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm just, the, the, the silence themselves are not as interesting as the, uh, as their impact, as the things that happen, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's mine. What about you, Clarence? What do you, I'm, but 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 you're exactly right on the men in black thing. I never thought about that to you, man. Um, you know they have a little thingy they shoot at you and you don't remember what, yeah. what happened. And mm-hmm. hmm. I also thought that the look of the silent or silence looked very much like what we think of as the stereotypical alien found in Arizona back in the day. You know, it had that very uh, stereotypical look, and maybe the, I think they may have did it because we are in America. Uh, possibly, but yeah, that, I don't think it was, the look was anything special in particular. I do like that they're kind of tall. I think that's cool. Kind of lanky. Uh, reminds me of Doug Jones. <laughs> As well, it should. And I, I wonder, I wonder if this is the time to talk about Marnix Vendebrick, who is the, uh, the dancer that you're seeing in there. He, he is sort of, uh, one of, one of England's, uh, Doug Jones guys because he's played a lot of, critters like this he's he's a ballet dancer and he is six seven. Oh wow wow and That's just cool. just look at the silence i would say he is six seven and weighs what 98 <laughs> pounds <would you> <laughs> but uh that was about right <laughs> uh but uh yeah uh but what what a wonderful name marnix 
I think that's how you'd say it. He's from the Netherlands, Marnix Vandenbroek. Anyway, that's him. So I, you know, Clarence, I'll, I think you hit on something. Well, you both have brought up very interesting points. But what I took from that, I kind of will expound on what you said. I agree that it looked like the stereotypical, you know, Area 51 alien from, you know, finding wherever they, Area 51 is. But I, I love the fact that you didn't have it as a smaller creature, that you had this very tall, lanky creature that is then in a tuxedo kind of, that just was really <laughs> weird. But what I really liked about them was the rattlesnake sound that you heard. When mm. every time you saw them, you heard this that it was really, really creepy. That to me sounded more creepy than seeing the alien. Yeah, yeah. Which and talk I didn't need this. <laughs> it, it had to be pointed out to me, but yeah, now I can't not hear it. And it's, it's. I think it's wonderful. It's, it does feel like that's one of those, um, like um, almost genetic memory, like a primal instinct that we have. We don't like that sound, mm. uh, and uh, and they used it to good effect here. It gets you deep down. Did, did you just mention Area 51? Did I, did that, that went by in a hurry somehow? Yeah, I did, just briefly. Cause I was thinking about Area 51 when they were going to the American Southwest, but Area 51 is in Nevada and they're going to Utah. And I thought, well, is this going to be, nah, it's not connected. And then the school bus that Amy and Rory have hitchhiked on is, is bus number 51. Mmm. Mm. Well, that all in. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Very interesting. Now, let me ask you what you guys thought about seeing this astronaut start to emerge from the water and the doctor is saying, okay, you know, you guys just stay here and starts to walk toward this astronaut that's coming out of the water. First of all, there is an astronaut coming out of the water for the most part. (laughs) So, Clarence, what did you think when you saw this what what was your initial reaction not much more than than the fact that they kind of laid the seed when the doctor um when we come to know as the older doctor is in the diner and he mentions 1969 so by the time we see the astronaut coming out of the water we're starting to try to piece it together even though we don't really know what's going on like hmm, okay we have some type of connection here but of course um I couldn't un I couldn't erase I couldn't silence my memory of the future of what happens on this so I knew who it was <laughs> in, the, in the costume so yeah it was a little hard for me to watch it at this point uh, I'm pretty sure the first time I watched it I was like oh what in the world is going on but yeah. I, I couldn't unerase or erase my memory on that uh, seeing it this time all right Lee what say you oh I I just love that I, I the this image of um spacesuit coming out of the water we know those two things don't go together so it's just what the hell uh i could only be more surprised if it pulled out a gun and shot somebody oh well there there we go i have in fact seen uh, that's a spacesuit like that being used underwater however interesting yeah because i'm from alabama and before 9-11 you could tour um, the training parts of the Marshall Space Flight Center, where astronauts are trained for many things, including in the giant neutral buoyancy simulator, which is an immense swimming pool. But for a long time, through the whole of the space shuttle mission, they had a complete one-to-one scale model of the space shuttle. 
Wow. Submerged inside that pool. And all of the astronauts who went into space to work on the space shuttle missions, if they were going to go outside, if they were going to EVA for any reason, they had to train in the neutral buoyancy simulator in Huntsville, Alabama. And I was there one time when they were training, wearing their, their spacesuits, working underwater. Wow. What a yeah. freaking name for a pool. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the neutral buoyancy chamber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that That's actually awesome. really sounds like some sci-fi name somebody came up with. I'm sure they all call it the pool or something. But, yeah, <laughs> but it was just too bad because, man, man, neutral buoyancy. Jeez. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so I remember, and Clarence, I remember when you first saw this the first time. I remember the next day or right after you had watched the next time I saw you, you basically sat down and you said, I'm just going to, I think you said something like, I'm just going to say it right now. That just didn't make any sense. It was good, but it just <laughs> didn't make any sense. I have no clue what's going on. And I remember hearing that just grinning from ear to ear saying, Oh, I just can't wait. But yeah, not, not knowing what's coming. It, it definitely has a crazy feel about it, a mad crazy feel about it. And you really can't put your finger on where this. It's going, but you know, you have the breadcrumbs there that you definitely see after the fact and coming back to watch it. But, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I was like that my first time seeing this. So here's the thing that really got me about this. I remember watching this and after it was over, well, even from, from this scene right here, my mind was blown first time watching it because I was thinking, is Matt Smith leaving and we don't know about it? And on top mm. of that, I was thinking, this is like a finale. You know, this is something big and this is the first episode of the season. You're right. <laughs> and watching it again this time, I remember us talking when we reviewed the Big Bang and we were talking about how Moffat had raised the stakes and, and basically rebooted the universe at the finale of series five or the 2010 series. So here we are in just a series later, 2011, and we start off with a finale. Yeah. It really, you, you have to say, wow, way to start the season, <laughs> killing off the central character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that definitely a great fashion to kick things off. And, and let me just mention that Viking esque burial at Lake was was very beautiful but like I, I really want a screenshot of that because it's just a beautiful scene i just read something that i think is lovely about this it's it's part of the magic of of cinema that just happens in the editing suite but they really wanted that to be at sundown but they hadn't thought about the compass points the sunsets over the desert in that location where they they're facing in the wrong direction so they waited until the next morning oh <sighs> And filmed it at sunrise. Oh. But when, but when you cut it in to the lengthening day, it looks like it's happening at sunset. Oh, that's wow. smart. And then nice. Yeah. So we couldn't have gotten to the point of having that scene as far as the story goes without a certain character by the name of Canton Everett Delaware the third. And I actually learned something that I didn't know in doing research for this, but I, but what was really cool seeing him again is the fact that Clarence, you and I got to see this gentleman that played the younger Canton at the oh. last Con Castavra. Yeah. Yeah. He was at Con Castavra's, uh, 
unfortunately, it seems like they talked more about uh, Supernatural than yep. Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. But, but it definitely was cool seeing him there. And I've seen him in, um, he was in the Doom Patrol since. So I've seen him in a few things now. He uh, is but, one of the workingest franchise. I mean, he was <laughs> in Firefly. He was on, uh, uh, gosh, I think he was in the, the Battlestar Galactica reboot. He was, I mean, yeah, he's just, he's just been all over the place. And it's funny. You should mention that about Gusturbus. Oh, I saw him at Gallifrey and he did the same thing. He wanted to talk about, uh, Firefly. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. Well, here's the, um, interesting piece of trivia. Do any, either of you know the connection between the elder version of Canton Everett Delaware the third and the younger version of Canton Everett Delaware the third, other than it being the same character <laughs> and the actors having the same last name. Yeah. That's kind of, yep. that kind of tipped it off for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are indeed father and son. And the original mm-hmm. plan was to make Mark Shepard up to look older. And uh, so the story goes, he said, well, you know, Mike, father <laughs> and and if you look him up William Morgan Shepherd has an amazing you know a list of credits including a lot of Star Trek hmm. so so yeah he's definitely you know a, also a genre actor who could come in you know you wouldn't have to explain Doctor Who to him so it's perfect it's perfect yep I I thought that was really cool and it was you know very very cool seeing uh, someone that we've seen before and that mm-hmm. so let's go on into the 1969 adventure as we return to the diner after witnessing the death of the doctor, basically. What did you guys think of seeing who envelope number one went to? None other than the doctor himself. Thoughts and, you know what, I'll just open the door for thoughts. Either one of you, take it. Which What was your thoughts about the scene returning to the diner. I love so, the way that's written because River says, she poses the question, who would the doctor trust more than anybody? <laughs> and I think out in the audience, we've got to be thinking, well, let's see who could, you know, <laughs> and it's him. Of course. <laughs> yeah. That's a sophomore than anybody. Yeah. It makes sense. Right. I, I guess if you're a time traveler, you can send letters to yourself in different you know, uh, points in time. So yeah, it makes sense, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I thought that was all good. Um, but this is the point in the episode where they start to make rules around what happened to the older version of the doctor. Single said the doctor. Um, and, and to me, this is where some of their logic starts to irk at me a little bit. Cause, cause I think it's River that makes the comment that the doctor cannot know about itself or she said know about, but I think she pretty much meant see himself or come into contact with himself. Or it will cause the collapse of the universe. Like, yeah. huh? like what? <laughs> yeah. That Did seems just... like a, kind of an exaggeration given all the uh, handing <laughs> off of Amy and Amelia that we just saw in the last episode. <laughs> yeah, we just saw the doctor see himself die in the yeah. last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as Rory says, well, to be fair, the universe did explode in the last. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, true. But, it's, but, it, but it wasn't cause and effect. That's not <laughs> why it did. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and it struck me for the first time watching this too that if we're going to be serious about the uh, the the Blinovation limit, the, the what is it, the Blinovich limitation effect, um, and clearly we're not anymore, uh, except when River says this now. Um, you know, massive spoiler for episodes ahead, but. Now that Amy has told the doctor that she's pregnant, told the audience that she's pregnant, 
river shouldn't be touching her either. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, uh, but, but when just did so she, much? But when did she? Okay, so so did I miss something here? When did she say she was pregnant? At the end of this episode. Toward the end of this episode, yeah. Yep, she did. Yes, yeah, she's, yes, 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 you're right. Doctor, I have something to tell you. Yeah. I can't I gotta, wait. I gotta tell you right now. And yeah, and he's already made the smart remark that she's gained a few pounds. He said, but I didn't mention it, did I? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they hinted at this so hard in this episode. She's oh, yeah. getting sick. Yeah, I keep getting sick. Yeah. And I love the sympathetic, uh, now that we're looking back from where we are, that, uh, River starts to get sick too. I just thought that was yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> So, yeah. so let's go back real quick to the, the diner because we went over my one of, and I'll go ahead and say my favorite scene oh. was when the, the uh, river slapped a you know what out of him. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah, that indeed was a great re- reveal. And this is one of the times I feel like Doctor Who does great, uh, just the excellent use of time in a time traveling show. <laughs> Almost ago, we saw this dude decimated. <laughs> no, meet his maker, and then all of a sudden he's walking out the bathroom, oblivious to what's going on. Yep. <laughs> so <Being good>. cool. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, and again, props to X Kingston as always. The look on her face, man, <laughs> she is boring a hole in him with her eyes. And he says, "I guess that was for something I didn't do yet." And she says, "Yeah." And he says, "Well, I'll look forward to it." <laughs> but you know what? I think <laughs> as much as I give props to Alex Kingston, I think that scene in its entirety played so well because of the all four actors and the chemistry that all four actors had amongst each other yeah, because they yeah. each had a different level of response to him. She of course being, you know, the anger, Amy being the oh I'm, you know, like so happy to see him. Uh, I I took Rory as being like okay, the halfway confused and halfway I'm ready to believe anything because I've seen anything kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The way they block that uh, is exactly what you're saying. They put Alex Kingston right up in his face. Uh, Karen Gillan is, is, a, is a step away and Arthur Darville is in the background and he, all he can do is sort of pace. <laughs> like, I don't even know if I should be in this, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. perfect. It's a, it's a perfect little picture of their relationship in that blocking. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of got the feeling from Amy that, while she was happy to see him, she was all already, you know, starting to feel distraught because she know what she knows what's coming. You know, it seemed like she yeah. was wearing that heavier than anyone else in this episode. I, I agree with you. I think you're. I think mm-hmm. you're right there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to answer your uh, problem with the rules of time. I think though that answer or that problem can be solved by one rule: the very first. rule. The doctor lies. Mm. And so do, and, and River will say herself, the doctor lies and so do I. I have to. We're time travelers. So. Uh, another get out of jail free. Nah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't like it for that exact reason. It's just, that's no. <laughs> uh, well, let's take it a little <laughs> further. Sorry. No, no, we're good. We're good. Since, since you're talking about things we don't like, let's talk that's about right. someone who has historically been a president <laughs> that people have looked unfavorably upon, but I would imagine as time has progressed that history may not look as unfavorably toward him, you know, yeah. 
it's all relative. It's it? all relative, you know, and mm-hmm. experiences change. I'll just say, you know, new yep. experiences might put, shed him in a better light because you see things worse. But anyway, I'll just say we're in 1969. We're in the Oval Office with Richard Nixon. So how did you guys feel that this guy pulled off playing Richard Nixon? Thoughts and Clarence, what say you? Was did he do a good Richard Nixon? Uh, I think he, he played a very good stereotypical version of what probably most of the world think Richard Nixon is. So in that as- aspect, I thought it was well done. Uh, they kind of underlined the whole thing by having the tapes be very prominent there in the Oval Office. So if it's acting that gets you, some of the the things around the time frame. Uh, Kind of solidified it. The big reel-to-reel tape recorder <laughs> on his desk. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and uh, my understanding is that every president since FDR, including FDR, had recorders in the uh, in the desk. So we well, we like to hang that on Nixon, but. <laughs> Yeah, that is Stuart Milligan, who is an actor that I very much enjoy, American actor who does a lot of British TV. He has also played Eisenhower, so that's mm. kind of fun. But um, he doesn't look like that at all. So they really went way out of their way to to make uh, the very distinctive uh, nose and uh, ears of Nixon. So I didn't know until I saw it in the credits. I said, holy smoke, that was Stuart Milligan? Um, I know him as... Uh, Jonathan Creek's boss on the, uh, the, the magician, uh, Adam on, uh, the, on Jonathan Creek, uh, that, uh, that British TV show. Uh, but he's done a lot of other things as well. Anyway, Stuart Milligan, but yeah, and I, I think, I think he had the voice down to a science. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. I thought he did a good job and I'll, yeah. I'll second what you said, Clarence. I think he was the typical stereotypical image of what People envision, you know, Richard yeah. Nixon to be. So I think he did an right. awesome, awesome job. But but not Rich Little's impression of Nixon. I mean, he's he's not the cartoon Nixon. He was. <laughs> you got the feeling this is really him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, one thing that I'm curious about, and I want to see if you guys know, because I did not have time to Google this and see if I could find the answer before we started recording. So my question becomes or is. The Secret Service, would the Secret Service in 1969 have been integrated? I want to say chances are no. Huh. But, but, but I was curious if I would like to believe that that would have been nice that if they were, but I would think that they probably wouldn't have been in 1969. I kind of think they probably were. Um, but I, re- but it's an interesting point. I really don't know. Um, hmm. Yeah, I personally think they probably would be at that point, even if it's just like the one. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. You know, when last time I took up Washington, D.C. is my favorite place to go as a tourist. I, I just love it. The last time I was there, I learned something that I didn't know. Which branch of the government uh, is the Secret Service responsible to? My gut says executive, but I'm going to say, because you asked that question, I'm going to say the judicial. I only really know because I'm looking at it right now, but okay. clearly. <laughs> <laughs> no, say it because it's uh, Homeland Security. Uh, th- actually, that's true. They are now under the purview of, of Homeland Security, but they, but their, their initial call is from the Treasury Department. What? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Which, which tells you everything you need to know about America, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but, but yeah, they're, they're here to protect the money. That's, uh, hmm. And that's the president. 
Uh, interesting. When were they integrated? I gotta, yeah, you, you really got me going about that now. I mean, because I, I think about, um, Ronald Reagan's, you know, remark about the, uh, the, um, the army being integrated during World War II. And, uh, and he kept telling that story. It's not true. <laughs> it's just not true. So 1969? Uh, I don't know. We, we, you know, I, I, I think it would probably be along the lines, if we look at it realistically on paper, it's probably, yes, they would be integrated yeah. on paper, but I would be curious to know mm. when the first person of color was a secret agent, yeah. you know, you know, it's for secret service. Right. Yeah, and I yeah. think what you look at that scene, you have to say, it looks like that guy was in charge, which probably wouldn't have been likely. Yeah, they were definitely taking orders from him. That's true. Which was interesting how Canton comes in and just kind of, you know, puts the whole Secret Service in their place with his comment of, okay, Mr. President, which one do you want to listen to? The guy that let this guy walk into your, to the room or the guy that's talking? Which, which one do you want to listen to? <laughs> yeah, that was a good point. It's a, it's a lovely bit of dialogue. And I, I, I did think it's, I have to hold that whole scene up as one of the, uh, the examples of great Stephen Moffat dialogue in here. <laughs> he says, no, I think you should dress him. Good. It's logical. And if, and if not, I'll shoot him myself. <laughs> yeah, that was good. So, so my quick Google search on the first black secret service agent, uh, was an American named Abraham Bolden, the first African American secret service agent assigned to presidential protective division was appointed in 1961 to JFK. Ah, 61. Oh, interesting. Even better. I yeah. was thinking it would be later, but it was before. So cool. Yeah, 61. How about that? Hmm. Very cool. Very cool. You see, folks, this show is educational. Yes, <laughs> just like Doctor Who can be. Exactly. All right. So let's talk about what Richard Nixon was trying to listen to, probably recording, because, you know, that's like yeah. we were saying, what he does. But the little girl... On the tape, thoughts, initial thoughts, and Lee, why don't you take this one first? Uh, I have no, yeah, at this point, I had no clue who the little girl could be. And um, I think I was principally thinking back to um, um, the, the Star Whale. For heaven's sake, what's the name of that episode? Um, UK, wait, no. With, with the, the Starship UK, yes. The Beast Below. Yeah. Um. And this, this revelation that, uh, <laughs> this lovely conversation between the, the doctor and Amy about how he doesn't get involved. And, <laughs> and Amy calls him out and says, see, you don't get involved unless there's a little girl crying. And he says, yes. So uh, that's sort of how I saw this was that, uh, now we've kicked into a higher gear because the doctor's heard a little girl in distress. And, uh, that's, uh, that's something we can always count on him to care about. What did you think when you started hearing this voice, Clarence? Mm, I, I got flashbacks of Strax. It was a boy. It's a girl. It was a boy. <laughs> <laughs> or flash forwards, wouldn't it be? I don't know. Yeah. yeah we... <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I thought that all was interesting. And, you know, as they eventually, the doctor takes charge and they try to figure out like where the girl is, which I don't think they would have been able to find out that this one street in America with these three names that the girl was uttering would be in Florida from maps, from paper maps. Why did they just Google it in the TARDIS or, or something? <laughs> I, 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 it had to be impossible to find these streets just by looking at paper 
maps. It would take a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but not if you have oh. somebody looking at the map that knew where it was and maybe said, you know, kind of edged them along their way to figure out where they needed to go on the map. Somebody out of the four of them might have been doing that. So especially if that person knew where the little girl was all along. Mm, I guess. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> but I like better my, my realization that a map like the one that the ones that the doctor calls for, they have um, the map on one side and a list of street names on the back. Oh, educate me. So We're educational show again, guys. You see? <laughs> so, yeah, you could grab the piece of paper and, and, and look for, you know, for Jefferson, then pull another one out and look for Hamilton, you know, look for. Look for Adams and you'll, you'll get to it. Yeah. I, it. It would still take a while. Yeah. When I first started driving, Map MapQuest was a thing. Yeah. So rather than having, you know, I may have had an app or um, a map uh, in, in my glove compartment, but. You had a was, paper map? I'm pretty sure I did, but <laughs> I mean, it was like a backup because yeah, you, you right. what, what you were doing, you were printing out the directions. <laughs> Before you went somewhere. That's, that was the map quest thing. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing so much? You had paper maps too. No, 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 no. I'm laughing at the first time we went to Hulanta. Somebody <laughs> made fun of me for printing out a map. Cause it was like 2016 and 2017. Yeah. You, you also, if I remember right, uh, printed out the whole schedule <laughs> well, yeah. for the convention too. So. Signed it in a, in a yellow folder. <laughs> it was orange. <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> but, uh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was fun. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, but yeah, yeah. Paper maps are cool, though. Batteries don't run down, and I just got to say. So, yeah. And they flit, and they fit in your glove compartment. They do. It's a hell to fold them back up again. But, yep. yeah. The good old days when you explore the, the vast America land. America. That's right. See the USA in your Chevrolet. Now I just get on Flight Simulator and do the same. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. So I want to take us real quick back to the White House and a scene that has stuck in my head that I have no answer for even after 10 years or nine years, however long it's been. The question is, do we feel like we know when, and spoilers for upcoming episodes, do we feel like we know when Amy is taken? Because to me, my brain tells me that she was taken when she went to the restroom and there was the silent in the restroom. Do you guys feel that or do you think that was or was not Amy the whole time? This is a detail I don't remember. So you yeah. guys proceed. <laughs> yeah. And, and for people who don't know what we're talking about, I, I hate to get into it. Um, okay. Well then let's but, not because, because if, yeah. if, if, because I don't want to ruin anything for Clarence, which I may have just done. And I wish I yeah. could just rewind and not <laughs> say that Clarence, forget what I just said. Yeah. So, I was just joking. I promise. Wasn't maybe. Kyle supposed to join us tonight on the podcast? Why are we doing this without that's silly? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, there yeah. you are. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Silence. Right. Yeah. Uh, say that rule number one, the Kyle lies. Just remember that. All right. So forget about that scene. Let's go to the very end. We end with a cliffhanger. And Clarence, why don't you take it first? Cliffhanger. What did you think? Did it set up? Did you, did it leave you wanting more? 
Yes, but it also got spoiled because like two seconds later, we got the next on trailer, like not even and they, they really um, invalidate the end in the first two seconds of the next on trailer. So um, that was a bit disappointing. But if it, it does set you up for a good mystery. And again, uh, it feels like it's going to be like a season long thing instead of just, you know, a few episodes. So um, I, I was very pleased. By uh, that that dramatic ending, but you know, Amy saying I'm pregnant, and the doctor, um, you know, we're seeing the astronaut come to do what seems to be the same thing it did before uh, to the doctor. So, um, yeah, I felt that was very dramatic and fun. All right, Lee, what say you? Well, yeah, I, I, this watching it again, I did something that I think I had planned to do back the last time I saw it, which was back that ending up and watch it again. So I watched the whole episode through, but I watched those last minute or so twice because I really wanted to see if it was possible for Amy to have seen the face of who is in the, the suit before she pulled the trigger. Mm. Because it, it, you know, it matters to me that it's a, a weird space alien or something, or if it's a little girl and the, the way it plays after I've watched it twice, and I'd love to know if other people disagree with this, she saw it. She saw that girl in there, and she shot her, uh, which is, you know, <laughs> properly shocking. And so yeah, that's you disturbing. Just go, wow. And then we went to the closing titles. <laughs> hey, <laughs> well, I'm coming back next week. Hmm. Sheesh. Well, when they're coming for you and yours, um, yeah. what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Spoilers. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, especially when you, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, yeah. See, you, you, you made me say, you made me think it whenever you said, whenever it's the, coming for you and yours. And I was right. like, oh, I want to say something. Spoilers. You and yours. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think that makes me then want to say, because I'm getting to the point to where I'm just like wanting to say A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So I think instead what I need to say, gentlemen, is are there any other topics that we have not covered that you wanted to bring up? And Lee, I'll start with you. Were there any other topics that you had written down that we have not covered? Um, I guess it's worth mentioning this just because it's something fun to talk about was that um, one of the things that I know that uh, Who fans have talked about since then, knowing what we know and looking back, is that we see the 11th Doctor killed and he starts to regenerate he's used up all his regeneration mm. so a, a number of people who are thinking this way were saying hang on but of course the retcon about that is is that that's only true well I, this is spoilery too but that that will only be true after the 50th anniversary special they were mm. counting they were counting the regenerations that they know and the 50th anniversary special shows us Mm. another one so that's so it was after 2013 that they started saying hey now <laughs> he's he, that's all the regenerations you get we'll have to come up with some other absurd get out of jail free card later to 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 fix that but um but that's where we are so i just yeah so i just thought it was interesting that was a, a thing that people were talking about anyway especially if you were quote unquote at that time wasting a regeneration. Right. Right. So, the only, because the doctor only has so many. That's right. So, yeah, they were saying after what we learned in the 50th anniversary special, he couldn't have started regenerating after this one. Or could he? Or could he? So, yeah, that's, regeneration. that's all I got. <laughs> mm. All right. Clarence, what about you? 
Oh man, I have a few things. Uh, we didn't really, I don't think we said the age. So the last time Amy Rory saw the doctor, he was 908, but yeah. then we see this version that's, uh, 1103. Yeah. And then we go back to this young version that's 909. Like, whoa, that's a huge gap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that was very interesting. You know, that was brought up in this episode. Another thing that really broke me in this episode. I guess broke broke me strong, <laughs> but we saw the TARDIS actually cloak. Yes, we did. It cloaks and no one can see it. Why doesn't he ever use this? Yeah. It it seems very useful. <laughs> I have an answer for that. Uh, he doesn't know how to do it. He but does, I think he does. doesn't know how, right? Okay. Well, that's fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. I thought you almost it, were going to say that Dr. Lies, but <laughs> no, 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 but I, I think this, this time the, uh, river can do it, uh, explanation is, is really the only way out of it. But you know, it's, it's kind of a, a little wink for people who know a lot about the making of the series because, um, in the early, uh, pitches for the show, the sort of the early drafts of that first script, uh, one of the ideas was that the TARDIS is invisible, hmm. which was going to be their way of, you know, doing this TV show that would travel through history because the BBC already has these giant stocks of costumes and props from, you know, all world history. And, um, but they have to have a spaceship. So let's just say that it's invisible. <laughs> mm. And I'm, I'm glad they didn't go that. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. It wouldn't be as fun not having the, yeah, there, yeah. I, no, I can't, I, I choose not to wrap my head around. No, no, that's. I- how could you live without TARDIS Blue? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Even when it was gray. <laughs> yeah. Pantone 2955C. That's right. By the way, my wife said recently by repainting some of our kitchen cabinets and, uh, cause I was out. And when I came back, she uh, showed me the color and she said, I thought you'd approve. And I said, Oh, oh, yeah. Stay married to the good ones, you know? There you go. <laughs> it is something old, something new. Something borrowed. And cabinets blue. And cabinets blue. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. <And> envelopes. <laughs> <laughs> I am very tempted though to cut out that, because uh, I've got a good print of the, uh, the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the phone, the, the actual sign that's on the phone. And, uh, I, I need to put that in the kitchen somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Police will answer. All right. So Clarence, you have, a, you have some more, I believe. Uh, yeah, the only, only other thing I guess, and I can save, I guess, one of the other things for my scene, but the doctor demands Jimmy Dodgers to the American, uh, secret service agents. And I'm sure they were scratching their heads. (laughs) 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 I didn't even think about that. It'd be hard enough for them to get a fez, but yeah, uh, Jimmy Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Somebody needs to jump on a Concord. (laughs) Yeah. And Delaware, of course, is bring him his maps. <laughs> oh, man. Your time's up. Well, I still don't have my fez. <laughs> All right. So let's go into our favorite quote. Lee Shackelford, favorite quote. Well, I have two if I can. Um, you absolutely can. Although uh, that may be hogging somebody else's, but I, I love this, uh, this, all the byplay between the doctor and river in this episode, of course, who just love the two of them so much. And one of the things that is a running joke throughout their relationship is her loving him and saying, Oh, I hate, you know, <laughs> it's, it's so rich with love the way she says it. And his response is always, No, you. Well, in this one, she's inside the TARDIS and says, I hate him. And he's in the Oval Office. And when she says it, 
He says, no, you don't. <laughs> As if he can hear her. <laughs> it's just like, this is the moment. I know she's saying it right now. So I'll just go ahead and say, no, you don't. <laughs> oh, man. But this is also so, the, the only one of the few times when you see him really engaging in the flirting game with her. But uh, w- once he's uh, taken them to the right place in Florida, he says it's the only place in Florida, probably all of America, with those three street names in the same junction. And Dr. Song, you've got that face again. What face? That he's hot when he's clever face. <laughs> this is my normal face. Yes, it is. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Not. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, wow. This is my normal face. <laughs> I love it. How about you, Clarence? Favorite lines? Oh, well, mine aren't as in depth, I don't think. <laughs> but I guess it involves River the I Doctor. And, and, and that's when, you know, River shoots the Stetson off of the doctor's head, which mm-hmm. risky but cool, I guess. But, risky. <laughs> but before that, the doctor tells uh, Amy and Roy, I wear Stetsons now. Stetsons are cool. So <laughs> I, I love that line. It's, you know, the doctor being, he was full of himself this episode, I feel. Really you know, I, I think he was, you know. It was fun, though. <laughs> All right. So before I give my quote, let me say this real quick. The music that they're playing in the background when they get to Utah is a different uh, arrangement of the music that we had last season for the doctor called I am. It's called I am the doctor. It's the 11th doctor's theme. This version is called the doctor in Utah. So uh, just <laughs> FYI. All right. Yeah. So here is my quote. And since you guys were talking about time and rules, I thought this was cool. The doctor says, time isn't a straight line. It's all bumpy, wumpy. There's loads of boring stuff like Sundays and Tuesdays and Thursday afternoons. But now and then there are Saturdays, big temporal tipping points when anything's possible. The TARDIS can't resist it. I just thought that was Yeah, that is cool. All right. Word food there. So favorite scene, Clarence Brown, this time I will start with you. Favorite scene. Hmm, I have to go back to the, which I guess was a sad scene, but the, the, the burial at, at, um, Lake, I guess, um, the whole <laughs> Viking death scene. I thought that that just looked beautiful. Cool. All right. Lee Shackelford, what say ye? Yep. That's going to be mine too. That's, um, I love the, uh, yeah, the Viking funeral. It's, um, it's 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 completely unforgettable and stunningly yeah. gorgeous and you no matter what's happening you you have to feel sad my understanding is that karen gillen got really wrapped up in that that she she was feeling it all so so that it was you know she couldn't disengage with it after they said cut she was still mm. so yeah and she did so, a good good or great great job of portraying the oh my friend is dying mhm yeah, she did a very good job at that. She was she was really in it. Yeah, in the moment. So my favorite scene, even though I love the slap, I have to say <laughs> it's exactly what you guys said. I will take it though just a little differently as a reason, and my reasoning was my brain was melting as I was watching it because you just killed off, as you guys said earlier, the main character of the show. What, <laughs> how, who, how? Explain. I don't. Yeah. You know, so beautiful, everything you just said, but yeah, because of the brain melting. So final rating. And you know what? I'll go first on this one. Final rating. I'm going to give this five spacemen in the lake out of 
five. So Clarence, what say ye final rating? Hmm. I got to pick an object. <laughs> um, I will say, uh, 4.8, um, I don't know, presidential tape recorders out of yeah. five. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. All right. Lee Shackelford, what say ye? I was going for the, the same number and because my father, my sainted father drew maps for a living. I'm going to give it 4.8 paper maps of Florida. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Hey, and, and, and Cal, just a real quick, uh, honorable mention on, we did scenes and quotes, but uh, Lee mentioned it earlier, but I just wanted to bring it back up when, when uh, the doctor mentions the extra pounds on Amy. Um, it's like they were going back and forth at each other a little bit, but the doctor was extra mean because Amy, she made the comment that, well, 1103, uh, 1103, you were 908 last time I saw you. And then the doctor makes this comment about her being fat. So it's just like, yeah. you're, you're old, you're fat, you know, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, oh, so weird. <laughs> um, now also, this is sort of a bonus just for those of us who, uh, love, uh, Alex Kingston, who, uh, can I say she just looks incredibly hot in those jeans? Can I, can I say that? Is it, I can say that because I just did. Say. Yeah. I just did. And, uh, yeah. wow. And, um, Alex, there's a scene where she, uh, and not Matt Smith is in the M-U-D-E. And, uh, apparently it, it was filmed butt cut. And I don't even know what the context, mm. but there is a tiny little piece of it that survives because it was in the trailer for season six promising us that we were going to see that and then <laughs> the series didn't deliver dum, just, dum, just saying the trailer lies the trailer <laughs> lies yeah so you have to you have to watch the amorous adventures of mall flanders if you want to see that much of alex kingston but anyway <laughs> there you go you know since we're saying honorable mentions i watched this on hbo max uh because this was i may have this uh bought but Anyway, I was watching it on HBO Max and I noticed that it gave the opening credits of what I was referring to with the Amy doing, you know, my imaginary friend thing before it went into the credits. Did the versions that you guys watched, did it have that too? No. No, I have the BBC version, which ends with a, with a, uh, an announcer. Uh, saying that coming up after this, a special retrospective on the life of Elizabeth Slayton. Oh, mm. yeah. Which to me is really heartbreaking. It's like, oh no, I don't want my video to end here because, well, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see that. Indeed. Yeah. And, and you know what? I don't mean to interrupt you, Claire, but let me say this real quick. I still have not brought myself to watch that video that we were referring back for, in <laughs> April of this year of the, uh, goodbye, you know, farewell, Sarah Jane Smith. I still haven't brought myself to watch that. So Clarence, you were about to say something. Come on, Cal, just do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I was just going to say that it had to be especially sad seeing that and knowing the context around her death and then watching this burial at sea for the doctor and his wife and burial. That, that had to be especially sad to get that right after this episode. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. But you know what? To give us a little bit of a lighter mood. We will be back with another episode because this is a two-part episode that has yeah. River Song, and you better believe that I can't wait until we finish this two-parter and then go on to the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. <laughs> so in order for me to be able to actually 
let us go on to the next one and the next one. I have to ask one final question, which is, Lee Shackelford, where else hmm. might you be found on the Internet? Not a lot of places, strangely enough. It's, it's, I'm going to have to figure out how to answer that question. Um, you can find uh, our audio drama serial, Relativity, Mentioned on the Audioverse Awards, where we've been nominated for three, count them, three Yay. Audioverse Awards. So, audioverseawards.net, that's a place where you can find me. Awesome. Clarence Brown, what about you? Uh, I'll just say, uh, if you are on YouTube and, you know, you like the content we do here, uh, you should also check out our YouTube channel, which is Discussing Network on the YouTubes. So, yeah, check that out, guys. Awesome. And I will leave one final parting gift, which will be to say, if you would like to check out all the shows that we are involved in, please check us out at DiscussingNetwork.com. So, gentlemen, this has been a good day. I have had a ball talking about this, and I can't wait to get to the next one. And for everyone listening, let us know what you thought about this episode. Did you agree? Did you not agree? Let us know, and we will read your feedback on an upcoming episode. And with that, we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?